You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Let's go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny Bonsignor joins us now on the phone lines from Detroit. He is in the Motor City right now. Vinny, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you. First, I got to ask, man, we have Bridget Condon on from NFL Network, and she was freezing cold outside. Are you inside at least? I uh, have not got to the stadium, but uh, I will be here pretty soon. I wouldn't say freezing cold. Uh, it's still, um, you know, like in the 40s or so. So, uh, obviously, it's the first hint of chill this year, but uh, I wouldn't say it was freezing, freezing cold. Okay. All right. Well, she, she was outside talking to us saying her uh, her fingers were frozen. So I was like, man, if you don't get inside and not worry about us over here on the radio. But here we go, Vinny. Uh, we want to get into this game tonight. But before we do that, we found out about this uh, this meeting that the Raiders had on Thursday that was an open book. Basically, anything goes. Coach McDaniels, players, all that different you know guys in, and represented there. What do you think comes of this meeting that they had on Thursday? How significant is this? Well, it's only significant if they do something about it, right? Uh, and that, that starts on the field tonight uh, here at Ford Field against the Lions. Because, look, let's not kid ourselves. The Raiders have talked about it, analyzed it, thought about it, yelled, screamed, uh, said things to the press. Devontae Adams has challenged him. Max Crosby has challenged him. Uh, but what we haven't seen is the follow-through come game day. And that's really the last part of this. They're talking the right game. It sounds like they're practicing well. It sounds like everybody's connected. But for whatever reason, they get on the field, and they haven't been able to put together four solid quarters of everybody doing uh, what they're supposed to do at the highest uh, you know, imaginable level. So that's the, if, if they come out here and play a great game on, uh, on, on, on tonight, then obviously that, that you know, team meeting did something and was productive. Uh, but it's, it's at the point now where we got to see it before we believe it. Right. No, there's no doubt. And one of the things for me is I thought it was pretty, you know, telling or significant because Coach McDaniels has the, the floor open to anybody to say basically whatever they want when it comes to, you know, just the team in general. And I thought that that was significant that at least he wanted to hear from the players. Yeah, no doubt. It's not like they wanted to talk to him, too. And, you know, everything is bad or everything is ugly. They just felt like collectively they needed everybody to hear what everybody needed to say or wanted to say at the same time. Instead of, you know, sometimes you've got your team leaders going to convey the message to the coach or general manager via the players, and sometimes, not saying that this is the case here, but sometimes something gets lost in translation. This allowed everybody on the team, essentially, if they had something to get off the team, if they had any complaints, if they had any suggestions, to be able to see it so everybody can hear it in real time, digest it in real time, and if need be, respond to it in real time. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness preparing for Monday Night Football. You asked Coach McDaniels a couple questions on Saturday about Hunter Renfro. What did you think about his responses, especially when it came to that there was a fracture in the relationship between him and Hunter? Yeah, and that was you know a report that was out there. It doesn't sound like you know it's it, Along those lines, is, is Hunter Renfro happy with the role? Absolutely not. Why would he? You know, and uh, and does that, I'm sure, cause a little bit of uh, frustration on his part? No doubt about it. Uh, but that doesn't mean that the relationship is fractured. You know, things happen on a sports team. The Raiders also really like Trey Tucker, and they like some of the personnel groupings that they're, that they're using right now uh, that often keep, unfortunately, Hunter off the field. So... Um, I don't think that there's any kind of a fractured relationship, but I don't think that means that everybody's happy with the situation. And if you put yourself in, in Hunter Renfro's shoes, you can understand why. He just wants an opportunity at this point to go help somebody, whether it's here with the Raiders or somewhere else. And tomorrow the trade deadline is looming, and we're going to find out if it's somewhere else. What do you expect the Raiders to do for the trade deadline? Do you expect them to be active at all? Uh, it's so hard to make deals in the NFL. I know that they're making calls. There's no doubt about it. And one of the you know pieces that they that they're open to moving is Hunter Renfro. Uh, you got to understand that there's money involved in this situation. You know, I think Hunter still has about three point something left on his on his contract for this year, the salary for this year. And I, you know, I've talked to some people in the NFL uh, who say one of the one of the difficulties that the Raiders are finding is that. There aren't many teams that have $4 million laying around under the cap right now or money to spend on their team's budget 
on a wide receiver that's kind of a third wide receiver at this point. So uh, there's some difficulty in that. But, you know, I, I'm sure Hunter and maybe even the Raiders are kind of hoping somebody steps up with an offer and, and, uh, and decides to bring Hunter onto their team. Do you think that they make any other kind of move out that doesn't involve Hunter Renfro? I'm sure they're looking at it. You know, I, I'm curious to find out if they were in on Leonard Williams, who got moved to the Seattle Seahawks. Although the, the, the Seahawks paid a pretty steep price for a guy that's, you know, on the last year of his contract, I think. A second-round pick, I want to say yeah. a fifth-round pick. That's a lot to pay for Leonard Williams. So if that was the price tag, I could understand why the Raiders were reluctant to, uh, to be involved in there. Uh, I, I think they're looking for whatever, I mean, offensive line help. I think they're looking for defensive help. You can never have too much of that. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the fine line that they're, that they're walking is to try to preserve as many draft picks as possible for the long-term rebuild that they're trying to uh, undertake right now and not give something up uh, like that or too much up for, uh, for somebody that may only be here for a year or so. I think if they're ideally, if they want to bring somebody in, um, you know, to the team, it's going to be somebody that they're going to be able to have some contractual control of for the next two or three years. Yeah, no, that, that price tag for Leonard Williams was pretty high for the Raiders. It would have been, it's a really good, I think, move for the Seahawks, a second-round pick in 2024 and a fifth-round pick in 2025 for a team that's in first place. That makes sense. For the Raiders, that wouldn't make sense. And like you said, his contract is up at the end of the year. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Earlier today, we found out about Max Crosby and what he's got going on with Eastern Michigan, the million dollars he donated him and his wife uh, to the alma mater, and now the team or the field is going to be named after him as well. How big of an honor do you think that was? for Mad Max. Yeah, and he alluded to it when we talked to him on Saturday. There was something uh, in the works that was going to get uh, announced here pretty soon. I'm happy for him and happy for his wife. You know, uh, he has a lot that he is thankful for uh, from Eastern you know, Michigan. Number one, they were one of the few teams that, you know, offered him a scholarship, a Division One scholarship. Uh, that's where he got his start. That's where he became uh, an NFL prospect, a man. He met his wife there. His family now is growing. So there's a, definitely a, a debt of gratitude that he wanted to pay, and he's going to forever be linked to that field and to that stadium now moving forward. So, I, you know, you know him, you know Max, and he's somebody that has a lot of pride in everything that he does, and there isn't a more um, – somebody that has is more faithful, you know what I'm saying, yeah. that, that, that has your back than, than Max Crosby. Um, and so for him to now be permanently linked in a deeper fashion with Eastern Michigan – Aside from just playing there, I know that means a lot to him. Right, and it's funny because the Lions were the team that he grew up rooting for as he rattled off so many of those names of the players in the locker room on Saturday. How much more motivation do you think he's going to have tonight to play the first time in his NFL career there at Ford Field with, for, against a Lions team that passed on him in the draft in 2019 three times? Yeah, you know when somebody's a real team when they can rattle off the names. I was curious to find out. I think some other people were when, when we asked them, okay, how deep of a fan do you go? He went pretty deep. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's obviously a fan of the Lions or was a fan of the Lions. You know, between playing uh, in Detroit, which is kind of his second home, uh, you know, uh, outside of Texas, but then also being on playing on Monday Night Football against a team that he wanted to play for and passed him on the draft, there's all sorts of motivations for Max Crosby. I mean, he's a guy that gives it his all on every single play, whether it's practice. Uh, or the game, so I can only imagine uh, how the Lions offensive line must be feeling that he's going to come in here even extra juiced tonight, so I'd imagine that they're going to have a fight on their hands uh, on that part of the field. Yeah, no, they will. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. For the Raiders to go into Ford Field and win this game, what has to happen for the Silver and Black? Well, number one, um, and this is possible, you know, uh, they need to get after Jared Goff and force him into mis some mistakes. Um, when he's good he's a, he avoids the critical mistakes the interceptions the turnovers but he hasn't always been that it, it, throughout his career so he's susceptible uh, to be able to to get after and, and force into some mistakes that's number one defense needs to come up with some turnovers uh, they need to get off to a good start you can't let the lions uh start taking control of this game early not with these fans that are going to be you know uh just just going off the chain tonight uh, at, at Ford field you can't let that happen you got to play almost a perfect game uh, offensively, and I think that there needs to be some explosive plays. You got to take care of business in the red zone. I know I'm rattling off some pretty obvious stuff, but uh, the Raiders, you know, this isn't a game where talent-wise they can't go in there and compete. 
But it's, it's on them to play a great game and a crisp game and an efficient game. And if they can do that, they're going to at least give themselves a chance here. You saw what happened with the Denver Broncos. And the Raiders are just a better team than the Denver Broncos. You know, and they, they were able to, to stand toe-to-toe with the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday and win a game. Uh, it's really about how the Raiders play this game. And if they can play a clean, efficient game, then they're going to be in this football game. If they don't, they're not. That's the bottom line of it. You know, one of the elements that I was really looking at in this game is the effort and energy, something that they lacked against the Chicago Bears, as you very well know. How do you expect them to come out with that, you know, that sense of urgency and that energy, uh, something that, again, we didn't see on Sunday against Chicago? Yeah, a couple things. Number one, um, I think the caliber of the opponent uh, in the Detroit Lions, who are number one in the NFC North, I think the stage that they're on on Monday Night Football, I think the bitter taste that's in their mouth um, after what happened in Chicago, and you just mentioned it, you know, it's one thing to lose, but when people start questioning uh, how hard you actually played in that game, and I'm not saying they didn't, they purposely didn't give their, their all, they just were stuck in mud uh, all day on Sunday, and, and they have to hear that and eat that for a week. Um, I think that they're kind of champing at the bit to get out there and, 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 and show everybody that they're a better team than that and, and they have more pride than that. Uh, so I think that for those reasons, you're going to get a pretty decent, um, passionate effect, you know, uh, uh, rebound from the Raiders. But it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Uh, you got to play efficient football against this team. And if they do and they bring the juice, uh, this could be a pretty interesting game on Monday Night Football. Jimmy G is back under center, something that we expected. We know officially that he's going to be back. So how does the offense look different now that Jimmy's back under center? Well, you know, I kind of felt like they were they were sort of turning the corner uh, in that first half against the Patriots uh, before Jimmy got hurt. You know, they, they were they were moving the ball. I know that there were a couple of errors in the red zone. A couple of them weren't on him. You know, uh, there was a holding call down there. Uh, DeAndre Carter dropped the ball. Uh, there was the interception, you know, with uh, with Devontae Adams. So he was actually playing a pretty decent football game in that game. If he can pick up where he left off uh, in that game and, and move this thing forward as an offense, you know, then then, then this offense has a chance to look uh, pretty deep, uh, decent. But if he falls back into some of the older habits that we saw earlier in the season, turning the ball over, not being careful, uh, being a little bit too careful, too, in some situations, not driving the ball downfield, or taking some uh, chances with some open guys that are further down the field, uh, then it could be a long night. But, uh, you know, if he can pick up where he left off against the Patriots, uh, he might be in for a nice game. You mentioned something that intrigues me, and I talked about it earlier in the show, is taking some shots down the field. Do you think that that is just – do you think that Jimmy has it in his DNA or any quarterback in the Raiders, you know, in their quarterback room to actually take a couple shots? They got the speed to get, get down the field. Do they have the guy that's willing to throw it down the field? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, part of that is, you know, getting the right look, obviously, and, and being confident in the look and the call and, you know, who it is that you're going to be throwing the ball to, but also getting the necessary time uh, to do it. So it's a kind of a collective effort. Uh, but if but if things line up well, then, then and they don't, you know, then that's, that's, that's something that you've you got to start wondering why. Why is that? Why, when the play is there and you've got time, are you not taking the chance downfield? So... I know that they want to do it. I know Jimmy was, is open to doing it, too, and I think they have the players uh, to be able to complete it. But the last step is, is, is actually doing it. We saw a little bit of a glimpse of it with Brian Hoyer when he completed the pass to Trey Tucker. But we need to see more of that, I think, uh, for this Raiders offense to kind of get on track, you know, find some rhythm and taking some chances downfield, I think, you know, at least loosens things up with the defense. It might be able to help with Josh Jacobs in the run game. So there's a lot of reasons why they need to do it. And also, more than anything, they need to actually complete it. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Vinny, will close out with this. You mentioned Josh Jacobs in the run game. I know that they haven't had success running the ball. I know the Lions are really good at stopping the run. But how much do they need to still attempt to get the run game going? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating, I'm sure, for Raider fans to hear, but the only way to, to get it going is to, keep, is to keep trying. And I know that Josh McDaniels isn't going to abandon it. You can't be one-dimensional against this team, especially how loud it's going to be in this stadium, uh, and especially early on. So you have to be able to run the ball to kind of um, take control of the line of scrimmage a little bit and quiet the crowd down and, and play at a pace that you're, that you're comfortable with rather than attract me, which is what I'm sure the Lions want to get him into. So um, whether it looks, 
not so good early on. They need to stick with it uh, and try to build on it. And it sure would help if they could break a couple of long ones early in this game uh, to really take the last out of the building. Yeah, they've only had, what, four 10-yard-plus runs so far this season? Four? <laughs> That's not good. Not no. Good. That's not good at all. Well, Vinny, thanks so much, man. I know you'll be all over the game like a glove. Uh, what else will you be writing out on the review journal that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, uh, just focusing uh, on tonight and, and kind of seeing what it's going to do in terms of how it changes any kind of approach to the uh, uh, trade deadline tomorrow. All right, that'll work. Well, good looking out. What, uh, what, are you flying back? Are you flying back immediately after the game or tomorrow morning? No, we'll be uh, leaving tomorrow. Okay, well, travel safe, my man. I appreciate you as always. All right, man. Have a great show. All right, we'll do. There he goes. Vinny Bonsignor right there from the RJ and, of course, Radio Nation Radio 920. You can hear him in the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Lindsey Brown, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Again, here on Radio Nation Radio 920. He's got it covered like a glove coming up at 2.30. You'll hear the conversation we had last Wednesday from former Lions safety Glover Quinn. Really good conversation. think it's definitely worth revisiting, so you'll hear that coming up at 2.30 as we get ready to kind of close things down, shut them down, and get ready for JT the Brick and Eric Allen uh, for the official pregame show leading up to kickoff with Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, on Twitter, Mr. Taco hit us up, and you can hit us up at rnr 920 am Danny, what's your Twitter? How come I don't have your Twitter here? My bad. What's your Twitter? Uh, I believe it's Wait, uh, how, do, how do you not know your Danny Twitter, underscore Smythe? How do you not understand? How do you, how do you say I, I believe? You don't know your own Twitter account? Well, because I had one, and then it got hacked and taken over, so I had to create a new one. Oh, okay, okay. All right, well, I'm just checking. I'm about to say, man, I know I, uh, <laughs> I know I have you on Twitter. I'm used to shouting out Ari, so I wanted to make sure I had you as well and, and have you locked in. But you can always hit us up at R&R 920 AM. Mr. Taco said the meeting was just for full self-preservation. Uh, he, he being McDaniels, knows Raider Nation had enough of his process. It was comedy to watch McDaniels' facade during the Thursday press conference, smiling like Tom Cruise. Probably advice by his shrink to save face. That's Mr. Taco. Clearly uh, not a Josh McDaniels guy. I get that. Uh, and honestly, and this, I don't want this to sound disrespectful, I don't think that he cares about Raider Nation and having uh, enough of his process. Uh, the, they always say that if you care about the fans, you're going to be sitting with the fans. I don't think he's worried about what the fans are saying. And the fans obviously are not McDaniels fans. I get that. Obviously, they want him fired. I get that. Uh, all I care about is wins. Uh, I hope that he finds a way to turn things around and actually find a way to win games because, well, Raider Nation deserves to see wins. But I don't think that he's up there sweating what the fan base is thinking. I really don't. Uh, you know, again, I, I say that with all due respect uh, because you can't. You, you just can't worry about what the fans are thinking. If you, if you do sit there and sweat what the fans are thinking, like I said, you'll end up being a fan. Uh, and, and what that means is you won't be employed as a head coach. And I know that that's what a lot of Raider Nation would like to see. But uh, thank you for that tweet, Mr. Taco. Definitely appreciate you. Let's go out to the phone lines, talk to Raider O. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, Q? This is Raider Rowe from AZ, man. Oh, okay, Raider Rowe, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Sorry about that. Uh, you all good, man. Hey, man, I, was, I know last time we talked, man, it was that Monday night. I said I had a dream. We won two in a row. But uh, this time, man, I think we're going to come out, man, just like we did that one Dallas game. Was that a year ago, I think it was? And we also we ended up just destroying Dallas. I got a feeling that's what's going to happen tonight. But, but that meeting that, that meeting they had last week, man, we sure that wasn't a meeting where, oh, Josh looking at who he can get rid of? <laughs> Could have been. Could have been, right? <laughs> Who wants to walk the plank? It could have been. I mean, you never know, you know. I wish I was a fly on the wall I've been at that meeting. Yes, sir. But go Raiders. There you go. Hey, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Good to hear from you. Appreciate you. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You just don't know what that meeting was, was all about. And, you know, maybe there was a couple of players that stepped up and, and you know, had, had some things to say that maybe were taken a little, uh, you know, taken the wrong way. Who knows? Right Again, like Vinny said, uh, we'll see what it looks like on the field later on this afternoon and see what the results of, of that meeting were, if the results are a little bit different than what we've seen. Let's uh, go back out to the phone lines, talk to Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Mac? What up, Q? Hey, what up, man? Tonight's game uh, is a critical game for us. Yep. Um, Denver, uh, Denver won yesterday in a surprise. Um, and uh, I, I just think tonight's a critical game based on, you know, the standings in the AFC. Mm -hmm. We, you know, had Pittsburgh lose. You had a lot of teams losing in, uh, uh, in, and you know, at the end of the season, 
you need you you you. We don't want to be at the end of the season like we was last year, depending on another team to win or this team. Man, you got to handle the situation yourself. And my thing with McDaniel's is you got to open up the playbook. It, it, it's time to get the kid gloves on. This is mm-hmm. and I understand about the offensive line and all that other stuff. And as far as Jimmy G, Jimmy G can't throw the ball to B. I, 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 I'm just saying, I, I, I watched him at, at New England. Yeah. Everywhere else, he is not throwing the deep. He, he went into a playoff game. They the, the, the Frisco went to the Super Bowl. He threw the ball 25 times out of 103 times. They ran the ball like 67 times. But anyway, that was in the past. But here's, here's, the, here's the thing. You know, you guys... At the beginning of the season, before the draft, I remember told you, hey, man, draft these young kids. Look at these young quarterbacks. You guys said no. You guys all picked me back. Already, man, you don't know. No, we, we, we don't want a mortgage job. But, but you see what Levin said yesterday? You see what, what, what um, these young quarterbacks, Brett, you, you, this is not going to change without a, with a, without a franchise quarterback. You can bring in all the coaches and all this other stuff that you need a franchise quarterback in the NFL. And that's just the basic thing. Um, Jared Goff is the franchise quarterback to me. I don't know why the Rams let go. They won the Super Bowl. Yeah, they did, but he also took them to the Super Bowl. And uh, I just want to say, say um, the key to the night game is the running game. Keep them off the field. Our defense is playing well, but it's not playing well enough, and we got to score more than 20 to win. And that's it. You know, whether McDaniel stay or he doesn't stay, whatever it is, it doesn't matter about that. We need a franchise quarterback. I've been telling you guys this forever, but you guys keep telling me, no, you don't want a mortgage. But you've got a mortgage. Whatever you've got to do to get a franchise quarterback in here, and that's just the bottom line in order to win. Go look at all the teams that got franchise quarterbacks. Most of those teams are winning, and they win the division. Go look at it. Everybody else is not doing anything. Thanks for the call, Matt. Good stuff. And, yeah, no, you're right. you you got to get a quarterback. At some point this season, I'm sure they're going to find out if Aiden O'Connell is the guy or not. I don't know if he is. I know a lot of Raider Nation wants to see him. That's fine. Uh, but you're right about the, the quarterback. And the Raiders, to their credit, they did try to mortgage the future and tried to trade up. They tried to trade up to the number one spot, if you remember. But they were beaten out by the by the, uh, the the Panthers. The Panthers got the number one spot, so they weren't able to get that. Houston wasn't coming off that number two spot because they wanted their guy. They got their guy in C.J. Stroud. And apparently, according to reports, Dan Orlovsky from uh, ESPN said that the Raiders were trading up the number one to go get C.J. Everything I heard was that he they were trying to trade up the number one to get uh, Bryce Young. But they tried to get one of those two guys. Uh, but I will say that the young quarterbacks don't necessarily mean that they're winning. Tennessee has Will Levis. Yeah, he played very well yesterday. You've got to give him a lot of credit, but they're 3-4. and four. The Colts have Anthony Richardson. He's out for the season. They're 3-5. and five. The Panthers just picked up their first win yesterday. They're 1-6. So I wouldn't say that just because you have a young quarterback means you're going to win, but I understand what you're saying. They, they, you do have to have your guy, and at some point the Raiders are going to have to find their guy, whether it's they have him already on the roster and we don't know that, or they're going to be looking into the draft to go get a guy. Right? That's something that they've got to de- determine sooner rather than later, and I'm sure that they will at some point this season, especially depending on how the next few handful of games go. It might be the Aiden O'Connell show before you know it, as far as I'm concerned. So it's just something to, to pay attention to. But, yeah, just because you got a young quarterback don't mean that you're going to win. More times than not, you're going to take your lumps with that young quarterback. And I think Will Levis was actually in a good position. He made a start yesterday, and not too many people knew what to expect from him, except for the Titans, and he went out and balled. You got to give that dude a lot of credit for what he was able to do, and I know there's a lot of people in Raider Nation that wanted to, the Raiders to draft Will Levitz. I wasn't a, a, a fan of his. Still don't know what his career is going to look like, but uh, the Titans were able to get him in the second round, and he looked pretty good yesterday. So you got to give him credit for that. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines. Talk to our good friend Hardcore Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, Q? Hey, it's funny we're talking about a franchise quarterback the week we're playing against the Lions. And right. uh, you know who I wanted the Raiders to draft? Yep, Hendon uh, Hooker. My guy, my, my guy Hendon Hooker. I yep. beat the thing to death. The reality is, the third round, we, we drafted Byron Young. I mean, where, where is that guy, right? Uh, the Lions only picked, like, two picks ahead of us. 
the Raiders showed that we would uh, be willing to trade up to go get a guy. We could have got Hinton Hooker, sat him for a year, redshirted him, and we wouldn't even be having this conversation about a franchise quarterback. But whatever, it is what it is. I want to see what O'Connell has at some point, and uh, we'll see how that thing works out. But we could be in a completely different situation. We're not even trying to, like, you know, leverage everything to go get a quarterback. And I don't want Bryce Young, dude. I don't think that dude's going to be worth anything. But the main reason I want to call is about the Josh McDaniels and the leadership thing. Now, in my opinion, one of the hardest things as a leader or management is to figure out, like, you can have all the talent in the world, but how, how do you get the best out of that talent? How do you get them bought in on your system or whatever you're trying to achieve and get them to want to work harder and get them to uh, want to work for you, especially if you have super studs on your team? Uh, because that's, that's really hard if you have a lot of, like, alpha uh, males to get them all bought in on one, what you're doing. You can have the greatest game plan in the world, but if you don't get them bought in, then it makes it real tough. And I'm not saying the players aren't bought in, but the first step of true leadership, in my opinion, one of the first steps is to humble yourself, to ask to ask people, hey, what are we doing good? What are you guys seeing? And hear, just hear their opinions. Because mm-hmm. if, if McDaniels did that and if he truly received it and if he, he can truly adjust his style, well, then this could be the first step of what, kind of one of the main things I've been saying all season, which is, you know, Josh McDaniels needs to learn what it means to be a Raider. And this could be the first step. So it's a, it's a huge positive. As long as he takes the information, moves forward with it, to, to put the team in a better position, and it also shows appreciation of those players and the want to work harder for you. Because it's a different environment uh, of society we live in now for leadership versus how it used to be. And so if you can include them, those people and let them know that their opinions are valued, they'll work harder for you, and that could be a huge step for our success the rest of the season. So I like hey. it. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff, hardcore. And yeah, that's kind of where I was leaning with it. You know, if if and we have to see how that's perceived, how it's taken in, how it's adapted to, how they adjust, right? Uh, if if that truly is exactly what you just broke down, and you probably said it better than I have all afternoon. So credit to you. I should have had you on early to explain it. But no, seriously, I think that uh, that's that's a huge positive. But again, it's up to Coach McDaniel's to take in what they said, and it's up to them to understand what they're all trying to do as a collective and going out there and operating and taking it to the next level. So I think that's you know one a really good call and a really good point that you bring up. So thanks so much for that. Um, got this text from Vegas Pete. Regardless of the coach, I love what Ziggler. Is doing, is doing keep him. As far as this game tonight, Hobbs back is good. If Jimmy gets time, you could throw on the Lions. That's from Vegas Pete. And matter of fact, Vegas Pete was one of the guys that was a Will Levitz guy, too. So thank you for the text, uh, Vegas Pete. I appreciate you. I do like what Dave Ziegler is doing as well. I think that it's going to pay off. Uh, I've said it a thousand times on the show. I'll say it a thousand more. I do believe in what, what Dave Ziegler is doing. I do believe in that he's going to get this thing figured out as far as the personnel goes. Uh, I, I have a lot of confidence in him. Maybe I have too much confidence in him, but uh, as I've said many times, I really do believe in what he's got going. So thanks, uh, Vegas Pete, for that. I appreciate you. This is a text from the 661. Uh, we got two more, and then we'll take a break. What's good, Q? How about them Fresno State Bulldogs taking it to UNLV? It's Raider game day on prime time. I believe Jacob's coming out hungry. Devontae will have over 100 yards receiving, and Mad Max will make a game-ending play on defense. Let's go Raiders. Cheers, Q. Thanks for getting Raider Nation ready. That's from the 661. And, yeah, that Fresno State UNLV game, man, I was watching that. We went out on Saturday night. Uh, our coworker here at, uh, at uh, Lotus Broadcasting, Sylvia, her and her, her uh, now husband, Iggy, they got married on Saturday night so we went to that and then uh, by the time we got home we were watching the end of that UNLV game and I was like man UNLV had so many opportunities uh, but Fresno State uh, handed it to them and so they they dropped that one and uh, that was unfortunate for for the Rebels but uh, big ups to Fresno State I got to give them a lot of props for pulling that that victory off and they're a really really good team so I know them Fresno State and UNLV are all chasing Air Force trying to win that Mountain West Conference Air Force looks incredible uh, but you know UNLV is gonna have to get back on that horse and and try to ride and and see if they can get back in the win column. We do have tickets to UNLV Wyoming on the 10th of November here at the Oyo. So if you come by, you have to take time to get hooked up with a pair of tickets or maybe even a four-pack of tickets if you're nice to us. If you say hello to James and me, not just James. <laughs> say hi to both of us, and we'll hook you up. I said we were going to take a break, but let's go ahead and get one more quick call in. Jay in L.A., very patient, Jay. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Thanks, you. Thanks for having me, man. You know, just you're always getting Raider Nation kind of like ready and everything else all pumped up. And, uh, you know, Monday night's upon us. Uh, we just, we just want to go ahead and see what kind of Raider team's going to go ahead and show up, period. Okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been a lot of questions, a lot of doubt, okay? But, you know, around this team, the whole problem is that there's no identity. There's no makeup. And really, you know, it's just that rally call. 
I mean, we just want to go ahead and see them perform. Yeah, everybody knows what goes on. Jacob, we need a running game. We need to go ahead and run that that rock so then we're able to go ahead and kind of like impose a little bit more our will on a, against the Lions. Plus, at the same time, we got to go ahead and get that deep ball. I mean, we got that speedster off the draft, and guess what, you know? We barely used it. I mean, it's kind of like a Ferrari inside a garage. And you got it all, you know, covered up, and you don't take it out. I mean, let's go ahead and kind of like put some pressure on that defense for them. We've got to go ahead and kind of like let them know that we're able to go ahead, run, and pass. But definitely the one thing that's questionable, and I see it, is just, you know, everything that everybody's been saying, they're on point. And the one thing is hopefully this rally with the players that they had, especially with the coaches, were able to kind of like enlighten some of the things that are happening. I mean, because we as Raider fans, we know what's going on. We see it. We don't even need to be inside. And that's the sad part about it, that we see what's going on. So, I mean, hopefully they're able to go ahead and get these things fixed. But cue my man, you know, you're in there, you, you hear more than us, and uh, hopefully, you know, uh, things are going to go ahead and go in the right uh, way, you know, this, uh, to, you know, this Monday night. So, I mean, I'm just going to leave it up to you, but I just want to go ahead and let the nation know, you know, Raider forever, and hey, you know, let's go ahead and get that win. There you go. Hey, good stuff, Jay. Appreciate the call. Jay in L.A. right there chiming in on the game and the state of the team. And, you know, we'll, we'll learn a lot, I think, about this team coming up in a few hours. I really do. I think you'll learn a whole lot about who this team is, who this team wants to be moving forward based off the energy, the excitement, whatever they come out with, right, the, the explosiveness, if they're going to be explosive. I mean, again, it's, it's not the end of the season, but it's, it's a game that, man, things could change one way or the other, uh, depending on this game tonight, a game that they desperately need to win and a game that they're definitely not favored to win as they're seven-and-a-half-point underdogs as of right now. My man Danny who's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, our degenerate Danny, he loves to uh, play, place wagers. He's itching. You're itching. I can tell, man, you're itching just to place that, wet, that bet real quick. I can tell, man. Are you, you ha ha I'm surprised you haven't placed a bet yet. Oh, but I have. Oh, you have? Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Then I already knew. I already knew. Danny is our, like I said, he's our degenerate gambler. Uh, he does a fantastic job hosting the Westgate uh, here in town each and every Sunday morning getting you ready. So, uh, yeah, Dan Danny's got the pulse of everything gambling. Uh, we'll hear from Lee Sterling on this game a little bit later before the show gets wrapped up. But I'm sure Danny could break down every single element of it, everywhere you should place your money, where to place your money on, because, well, that's just what... What, that's what Danny does. Well, coming up next, Glover Quinn, former Alliance safety, joined the show last week and uh, going to talk about the state of the team, but he also talks about coaching, what it means to be coached in the NFL. A lot of good stuff to unpack. I think it's important to hear it one more time. We'll do that next here at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge with Rainish Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness. Live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Got about 20 minutes left in the show here. We are at the Underground Lounge, Oyo Hotel and Casino. We do this every single Monday night for Monday Night Football. A little earlier today, as we'll be going to about 3... Well, we have more than 20 minutes. We'll go, go to about 3.10 we got to time this perfectly. So uh, the, the, the official pregame show begins at 3.15 with JT the Brick and Eric Allen. So, yeah, we'll go a few minutes after 3 o'clock. So we got about 30 minutes left in the show. But I did think it was important to hear this conversation that we had last week with former Lions safety Glover Quinn. It was really good. At first we had him on just to talk about the state of the Lions and, you know, where they are, how they're going to bounce back from, you know, the loss to Baltimore. But then we got into conversations about being a player in the league and coaching and, and coaching matters and, and the style of the way the coach does and what Dan Campbell's been able to do there. And I thought there were some really good nuggets that he dropped that would be really good to, to hear again for anyone that may not have 
you know, caught it the first time. So let's go ahead and jump into the conversation. It starts off with me asking, he was part of games that went the way the Lions game versus Baltimore, where Baltimore just blew them out. How did he bounce back? How did he react to games like that? Um, you know, when you play a game like that and it's that bad, you just kind of scrap that and throw that away. That's just an anomaly. You know, it's the games where you're you're in it and you're making mental errors or you're making, you know, little mistakes and you're like, man, we got to be more focused. They just flat out beat the Lions. They out physical them. Lamar Jackson looked like an MVP candidate. Um, and they just beat the Lions. So, it's not anything where you just look at it and say, okay, this, this, and that. You go back to the drawing board. You prepare better like you like you plan to do each and every week anyway. And then you just come out and play better. They just, you know, game plan-wise, everything just was bad. Energy, effort, everything just was bad. It was a bad game, bad road trip. And so they just scrapped that and, and get back to the drawing board. So when they get back to the drawing board, it'll be Monday Night Football in, in their building, right? And the Raiders are coming in off a bad loss to the Chicago Bears. What do you expect to see as far as energy and effort from those Detroit Lions? Well, I expect it to be a big night. It's a homecoming back in, in, in Detroit, Fort Field. A lot of the legends will be back. I'll be back in town. I haven't been back to a game since I left. So I'll be back in Detroit at the game. There'll be a lot of guys there. Sanders, Kevin Justin, a lot of those guys are there all the time anyway. But it'll be a lot of guys that the energy will be high. It's right before Halloween, so I'm sure the fans will have costumes. It'll just be a great night in Detroit at Four Field. I look, I look for the Lions to bounce back and get back to their winning ways. Again, we're talking with Glover Quinn, former Lions safety here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. What does it mean for you? You mentioned that you haven't been back since you left, but you're coming back on, on Monday Night Football. And to see the success that the Lions are having under Coach Campbell, what does that mean to you? I mean, it means a lot, you know, because, you know, a few years before they went down, we had kind of started turning things around under Coach Caldwell. We made the playoffs two out of his four years. Um, and we had kind of started changing the culture there. And then Matt Patricia came and felt like he needed to change the culture and basically took the culture down um, and set the organization back. And so for Dan Campbell to come back, and get back to some of those winning ways, get back to that grit, that, that hard work, that competitiveness, that blue-collar mentality that, you know, very like, very much like the city of Detroit, just a bunch of hard-working people to bring that attitude to the team and to see them work through, you know, the start um, where they didn't win as much, you know, and the expectations were high last year coming off of, uh, hard knocks, but they didn't. They didn't start out performing. They started out one and five, one and six, but they finished the season. It looked. It looked like they started to figure things out. Got the right guys in the building that they felt like they needed. They drafted well. They had a great off season, and to see them back, you know, at the top, playing well, got a really good chance to win the division, win the North this year. It's just a good thing to see. You know, and you played in the NFL for a long time, played football your whole life. What was it that you wanted or needed from your head coach to know that, hey, we're doing things the right way and I'm going to go and run through a wall for him and my teammates? Well, you just want them to treat you and, and have uh, a certain respect for what you do. Um, and that's really it, you know what I'm saying? When you have these coaches that, that's asking you to do stuff, that you feel like, man, why are you asking me to do all this stuff? You would never do this. This is not even – and but they seem like on paper it could be done. When you have a coach that understands exactly how you feel from taking care of your body, from game plan to this to that, understand what you're going through, and they show you that they care about you. They got your back. They do all those things that we see Dan Campbell does, right? even working out, doing up-downs and all these different things with the players to let you know, hey, we're all in this thing together. Yes, I am the coach, but this is a partnership. We are in this thing together, and we're going to win together, we're going to lose together, but we're going to be together. When you do that and you show that from a head coach, 
your prayers are run through a wall for you. Again, Glover Quinn is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness talking about the game on Monday night, Raiders and Lions Monday night football. What have you seen from Jared Goff, a guy that was part of a trade to send Stafford to L.A.? He went back to Detroit, and it seems like he just fit in perfectly with that culture there that Campbell's been growing and just with the team and even the city. What have you seen from Jared Goff? Well, just that. You know, he fits right in with exactly how they want to play and the the style of the city. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes L.A., being on a national stage like L.A., the media, all those things, the big city, that may be too much for some people. You know what I'm saying? Some people like it, some people don't. So being able to come to Detroit, you know, be under the radar and just be able to go to work and just be and focus on football. You have to focus on sitting in traffic for all these hours in L.A. and you have to focus on all of the extracurricular activities that you got to deal with probably being in L.A. Hey, we just get to focus on being a good football player and, and, and putting everything you can into your craft. And so he came in. He's fit in great. He's been great on the field, off the field. been a great leader. He runs the offense exactly how Ben Johnson wants to run it. I think it fits his play style. I don't think he's a guy that you want to make have to win the game. But if he can have a good run game, you play action, he can read those things, he can process it, he can make the throws. And, you know, I think he's done a great job. I think he's somebody that they're happy with. And I think he's definitely somebody that they're going to try to lock up for the future. You mentioned Ben Johnson. He's the OC there, and a lot of folks are talking about him and what he could potentially do following the season, where he's going to be in the pecking order of potentially head coaches in the NFL. Uh, what have you seen from Ben Johnson, and do you think that he is on the short list of uh, potential head coaches in the future? Well, I think you know how this offense is. This is an offensive league, and any time you've got uh, an offensive coordinator that's putting up 30-plus points in games and, and things like that, we always feel like those guys, are next in line to be a head coach. And I'm not saying he's not. I don't know him personally like that. I don't know him far as being a head coaching candidate type of guy. I know he's a really good offensive coordinator right now. And so that's kind of where I'll leave it. Um, the, 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 the people that make those decisions will, will see if he's somebody that we feel like can be a head coach for us. But just because you can call plays and design offense doesn't mean you can run a team. Right. You know, we've seen that several times with Josh McDaniels. You know, he can call plays, but can you run a team? Totally different ball game. So I don't know if Ben Johnson is a head coaching candidate. I don't know if he's not, but I do know in this league of the NFL, a lot of times they take the top coordinators and feel like those guys are the next in line for head coaches. And then they just go through the interview process. And if they find a fit, then we'll see Ben Johnson being named the head coach somewhere. That's a great nugget. I love the way you worded that. I think that that's perfect. And, and a lot of times we see guys that are hot shot coordinators, and it's really difficult to be a head coach and a successful head coach in the National Football League. Well, you played on the defensive side of things. You were a top-notch safety. The defense was the big question that the Lions had going into this season, but Aaron Glenn has got this thing cooking. How has this Lions defense turned, transformed in front of what it was last season to what it is this year? Well, it's just more time in the system, learning the system more, and then some of your players that you depend on getting better in that system and getting better as players. You know, Aiden Hutchinson is no longer a rookie. He's a second-year player. Some of those linebackers are no longer rookies. They've moved on, and they've gotten better. Then you add key pieces. You add a Cam Sutton. You add a Brian Branch through the draft. You add Jack Campbell through the draft, right? You add a C.J. Gardner-Johnson, although he got hurt. You add him in free agency, and he brings a different attitude. You get a healthy Tracy Walker back. Yeah. Some of those young DBs that you had, they get older. Jerry Jacobs, he was on the team last year. Now he's leading the league in interceptions. He just gets older and learns more. And that's what you have. And so a lot of times it's really about just giving these coaches, these coordinators time. We expect them to come in and change everything immediately and don't ever really give them time to implement their whole system. When they first come in, you can't hardly implement a whole system because you got to give guys time to learn the basics of your system so that you can add to it and, and then put in the whole system. And so it just takes time, and a lot of times we don't give these guys, guys time, and the league doesn't give you time. These, these teams 
are not sitting here taking it easy on you because you haven't put your whole system in. They're just going to go out there and put up 40 on you and move on to the next game. That's kind of <laughs> how it works, right? But yeah. <laughs> if you can get the time to build and build, get the players in that you feel like you need, and then all of a sudden it can click for you, and I think that's what we're seeing in Detroit. Man, learning a lot of knowledge right now from uh, Glover Quinn, former Lions safety here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, you mentioned Walker being back on the back end of that uh, that Lions defense. He's healthy now. How important is that? How big of a factor has he been? I think that's a huge thing, you know what I'm saying? Because to lose T.J. Gardner-Johnson, you know, that's a big loss, right? You sign him a free agency. He was the guy to come in and, and lead and, and do everything that you needed him to do and be in that secondary. And so to lose him early in the season – but to have a guy like a Tracy Walker that you paid a couple of years ago to be that guy as well, dealt with an Achilles injury last year, he's back, he's healthy. So to be able to fall back to him has been huge. He's played well, he's been a physical presence, hasn't got his hand on a lot of the ball as far as interceptions and things like that. Um, but he's definitely been a leader for them. He understands he's a veteran back there. Um, and so – like I say, having a guy like that that you can fall back. Because I thought I, – I, I was one of those guys that thought that he may would get traded in training camp because he was a big-money guy. Because they had multiple safeties, Kirby Joseph, C.J. Gordon-Johnson, drafted Brian Branch, I'm like, they got three guys that's going to be on the roster. Tracy is looking like your fourth guy coming off an Achilles, and he's a big-money guy. Are you going to have him your ace special teamer, or are right. you going to have him as a big money guy being a backup, right? And they decided to keep him. Hey, man, and it worked out for him. We, obviously, you didn't want T.J. Gordon and Justin to get hurt right. so early in the season, but it did help that they had Tracy Walker to fall back on. Absolutely, and he's been doing some good things with that uh, Lions defense. And, again, i got to give Aaron Glenn a lot of credit for what he's been able to do, uh, allowing those guys to mature and, and play really well on the defensive side of things. Well, we'll close out with this, uh, Glover. As you know, Raider Nation is a very passionate fan base. I wanted to shout out the Lions and their fan base. I mean, from day one, from game one, when they went to Kansas City, the fan base was loyal. They were there. They were fired up. How excited has it been just to see and hear from the fan base how pumped up they are about this Lions team? Man, it's been great, man. You know, they've they taken pride in that right now, you know what I'm saying, taking over all of the away stadiums, man. So it's a great thing to see. You know, the Lions fans have been faithful. They were faithful the whole time that I played there. They were loyal. Um, you know, each and every year they they start back on this journey of trying, trying, trying to get that Super Bowl, and they support their team. And so you got to love it when, you know, good things eventually start happening to good people. And so it's great to see the excitement. I can't wait to get out there this weekend for homecoming. It should be a great weekend. It should be a lot of fun. And so um, we'll see how, how the game goes on Monday night. But I expect it to be a really good game. And hopefully the Lions fans are dressed up in their costumes and they're ready to go. There he is, Glover Quinn, former line safety, joined us last week. I thought he had some really good nuggets, so I wanted to run it back. He was talking about coaching and some coordinators, you know, they can prove that they can call plays, but can they run a team? And he was very, uh, as a matter of fact, about that, right? And uh, that was me talking about Ben Johnson. I didn't bring up Josh McDaniels. He brought up Josh McDaniels. And there's plenty of other examples around the league, and, and I thought that that was important to hear that because that is Coach McDaniels' responsibility is to prove that he's not just a guy that can call good plays, but also a guy who could run a team, CEO a team. It's a different ball game, man. It's not it's not the same thing as, you know, just doing what you're really great at as opposed to doing everything. So that was a nugget that I thought was very interesting also when he was talking about having his guys in place. And that's why Aaron Glenn has been able to get that defense in place because well, there it's another year matured in their system and them having their players and like you heard him say, the NFL don't wait for nobody, right? They don't allow you to uh, get your, your guys in place before they, they start coming down on you, right? They, I mean, they, they, they're coming at you immediately. And so, uh, you know, I kind of look at this Raiders team as we saw them last year under Coach McDaniels and Patrick Graham, and we saw what they were, and we've seen it this year, and there's been a lot of change in the roster. A lot of their guys have been brought in. So it could be as simple as what a former player spent a long time, was really stinking good in the league, and, and Glover Quinn said right there, You've got to be able to have the time to get your guys in place. And I know nobody wants to hear about being patient. I'm not trying to be pre preach patience because I understand how patient Raider Nation's been. But sometimes from a player's point of view, not mine, you heard it from him. 
And that's why I ran it back. Sometimes that's what it takes to be able to get where you need to be and have your guys in place that want to, that do what you need them to do. So I thought that was some really good stuff there from Glover Quinn. That's the reason I ran it back. Uh, that was an uh, interview that we had live here on the show last Wednesday, but it was very relevant, especially with the Raiders and Lions playing today. 2.55 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll hear from Lee Sterling on his thoughts on the game tonight from ParamountSports.com. We have him each and every Friday, but today on Locked on Bets, the show that I host with him every day, he talked about this game and gave his predictions on it uh, as far as the Raiders being 7.5-point underdogs. we got a couple more texts. We'll get out about 3.10 and make way for JT the Brick and Eric Allen for the official pregame show Monday Night Football, Raiders and Lions here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. Live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Got about 10 minutes left in the show. My man Danny in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio have been holding it down today. Definitely appreciate Danny and his efforts. Appreciate everyone who stopped by here and said what's up. Gave us a few words of advice. Just had a young gentleman walk by and tell me it's going to be a defensive game. That if the Raiders' defense stands up and actually plays and shows up, then they could be in this game. If they do not, well, then it could be a long day at the offense. But as he said, the Lions are at home. They're fired up, and they haven't been good since Grandmama had a good hip. <laughs> so I really respect that. And, and I think that that's a, that's, a, that's a very accurate description of, uh, of the Lions team that's going to be taking on the silver and black in a little while, a couple hours uh, following the, the, the official pregame show with JT and EA live from Raiders HQ. But Lee Sterling, catch up with him every single morning. Uh, we do a show together called Locked on Bets, and then he's a guest on this show, uh, locked, uh, not Locked on Raiders, but the <laughs> Unnecessary Roughness every single Friday at 4.30 normally. And so he had a, a, a thought and he had a play on the game today. So here's Lee Sterling as the Raiders are seven and a half point underdogs taking on the Lions with Monday night football all right so both teams coming off very disappointing efforts Detroit was blown out uh when they played Baltimore which is kind of understandable once in a while you face a team red hot didn't have a whole lot of emotion uh you know they'll be ready to go with their home crowd and the Raiders and the game that I saw when I went to Chicago had nothing but um you know what with Jimmy G back I think we're going to see a different team and I'm sure these love all these guys that 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 do the games. One of the things they're going to bring up is Josh Jacobs has gone now 10 straight games without a 100-yard effort. You don't think the offensive line has heard that? Yeah, I think they do. I think the Detroit line, although very good, they like to get after the quarterback and rush the passer. That's their main focus here. So I think the Raiders can be able to run the football here enough to keep Detroit, uh, you know, on their heels, and that's important here. I think the defense is a little maligned. Defense is all about effort here. Mm -hmm. So I think that they're going to bring it on Monday night. You know, everyone's, you know, talking about Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. But what about Las Vegas? And they're 3-4. and They got back Jimmy G. They win this game here. They're right there. And laying more than a touchdown, a touchdown or more, those lines came out five times this weekend. You know what? Just two of the teams ended up covering. You lay wood like that, seven or more points on a consistent basis in the NFL, you're going to get burned here. We're going to go with a wrong team favored. We're going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders. Keep it close. Don't be surprised. They might even win this game outright. So there it is right there. Lee said the wrong team is favored. He thinks that it's going to be a closer game than the seven-and-a-half-point spread. And, uh, Danny, go ahead and hop on here real quick. Uh, you are our degenerate gambler. You are our, our insider when it comes to this kind of things. What do you think from Lee when he says that seven-and-a-half is a lot of points that they're giving to the Lions, and he thinks that the Raiders will keep it close? Uh, anytime you bet more than a touchdown, it is a lot of points. However, this Raiders team hasn't really showed much on offense this season, so – you kind of have to go with Detroit just because the Raiders haven't proven to be a stable offense week in and week out. No, that makes sense. That does. And that kind of goes back to what the point of the young man that came by here and said that it's going to be a defensive game. Uh, if the Raiders' defense could step up, maybe – Maybe they do keep it close and, and, and don't, get, uh, you know, don't get beat by seven and a half. Uh, maybe that's a really good bet. You said that earlier. What you say that uh, uh, most of the people that you were looking at, you were checking out their, their lines, everybody was kind of rolling with the Detroit Lions on this one? Yeah, everything I'm seeing all over Twitter and uh, watching uh, the Daily Wager earlier, everyone's very high on the Lions. I mean, as they should be, like I just said. Right. Up and down offense and – but like uh, Eric mentioned earlier in the show, 
the Lions could possibly be without three of their five starting offensive linemen, so mm-hmm. that could be pretty damaging with Max Crosby looking to make a big impact tonight. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. So there it is. That's the Lions. Thank you, Danny. Appreciate that. Seven and a half point favorites are the Detroit Lions. Lee Sterling says it's the wrong team favorite. Danny says you kind of understand, though, because the offense has struggled. Again, only averaging 16 points a game, where the Lions are putting up about 30 points in, uh, in their performances. So uh, you can see the discrepancy. You can see where it comes from. It should be interesting. Definitely uh, looking forward to this game to see how it all shakes out. Got a couple texts that I want to get to before we pass the sticks on to JT and EA. Uh, this is from the 209 from Poncho. He says, Q. We can't play from behind. Got to start off strong and make it a close game. Cannot wait. Left work early to get to get things going, Q. That's from Poncho in the 209. And, yeah, that's something that Lincoln Kennedy points out, right, all the time. The key to playing on the road is what? Starting off fast. And this, this, uh, this crowd is going to be lathered up. They're going to be fired up, ready to go in this game. I just saw a tweet from Vinny, who joined the show earlier today, and he said that uh, he hadn't got to Ford Field yet. Well, he's clearly there now. He said, can confirm the city of Detroit is ready to party tonight for Monday Night Football between the Lions and Raiders. A tremendous scene in and around Ford Field. That's from Vinny Bonsignor, so clearly he's on site. And as Bridget Condon told us, man, the, 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 the stadium was packed. The parking lot, the tailgating was going on, the food, everything was humming there. So, yeah, there's definitely uh, some some edge that they have and excitement that they have, the electricity in the building there at Ford Field. So the Raiders are going to have to weather that storm and get off to a hot start. Uh, El Paso Raiders said, Q, what's good? Great interview with former Lions player. Hit it right on the head. Last year around this time, fans were calling for Campbell's head, and the team started to click midseason and headed to this year uh, as Super Bowl contenders. Patient is key and tough word to swallow. All I can hope for our, with our Raiders, do the same. Just win, baby. That's from El Paso Raider. Uh, really good stuff. And, yeah, I thought that that interview with Glover Quinn was fantastic. Definitely appreciated his time. Also, Glenn in San Jose said, what up, Q? If any alumni are coming to the game, maybe they can give the pregame speech or remind the players what it is to be a Raider, what it is to play on Monday night, what it is to play for your brothers, what it is to just play playing giving a damn. That's from Glenn in San Jose. And I know for a fact that Lincoln Kennedy's there. I know that for sure. I think Lincoln would be a great guy to have in the locker room each and every game uh, to give a little pregame speech. Lincoln is fantastic. Every time he joins the show on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I feel like I'm smarter. Uh, I feel like I'm more pumped up. I'm more energized and excited. So, yeah, I think that Lincoln, it would be great to have Lincoln just go ahead and address him. But, of course, he's getting ready for the broadcast. Him and Jason Horowitz will be on the call. You'll probably hear from Lincoln in the pregame show. A lot of times uh, JT and EA will will talk to both Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy. So that's always a, a great listen. I'll be locked in for sure here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Dill said, as bad as the season feels, if the offense can get going, we could be contenders. I really feel this O-line is 80% of the problem on offense. If they can get it together, we can win this game and win quite a few more. Let's see how this team responds. Hopefully this meeting they, they had can give them some confidence and some juice. Always hopeful. That's Raider Dill. And yeah, similar to what Vinny said, that, you know, it, it, it's going to determine, like, they can do all the talking, they can have all the meetings they want, but how do they translate that onto the field? Well, only time will tell, right? It won't be long now before we know what the what it looks like on the field. Detroit's not going to be an easy place for them to play. Uh, that, that building, Ford Field, is going to be super loud. They're lathered up. They're juiced up. They've got a lot of alumni, including Barry Sanders and more, going to be there. I thought Barry Sanders, I don't know if you've seen his, his shoes of choice, but he's got some Nike Air Force Ones which, but by the way, I love Air Force Ones, uh, that they are customized. And one shoe is a Detroit Lions customization, and the other is the Raiders. And it has Monday Night Football on it. And he said, uh, my two loves right here, the Raiders are the, the team that I grew up uh, loving, uh, growing up a football fan, and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically he was given a tip of the cap to the Raiders as a team that got him you know, loving football, and then obviously the, the Lions are who drafted him and who he played for. But I thought that that's pretty cool that he's being honored tonight. Him and many alumni are being honored by the Lions, and he's rocking Lions and Raiders shoes tonight. I think that that's really cool, and a little bit of a tip of the cap to the Raiders as well, knowing that he was a Lion great, and there's a reason why he's a HOF or a Hall of Famer, is because of what he was able to do in Detroit with those Lions. So I thought that that was cool, something to pay attention to if you're checking it out along the broadcast. Really good stuff. We're here at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge. We're here every single Monday night. Great TVs, great food special, great drink specials. All they need is you. You cannot have a bad seat in this house. The seats are fantastic. They're newly remodeled. And, uh, again, all they need is you. So we're here a little bit early today uh, because of the pregame show that's coming up next with JT and EA from the Intermountain Health Performance Center. So, uh, yeah, let's see. I think I might have time for one more text. 
Uh, oh, yeah, Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up one more time. I want to make sure I got this one in. One thing I'd like to see tonight versus Detroit is the usage of our rookie wide receiver, Trey Tucker. I mentioned it last week, but I feel like his speed would catch Detroit's secondary off guard. Tonight's game is crucial because if we win, our record is 4-4 four four back at 500. A defeat puts us two games under 500. Just a gut feeling cue. Let Tucker get involved right away tonight. Thanks, as always. Let's go, Raiders. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yeah, if they uh, drop this game, then they're going to be sitting in last place, tied with the Denver Broncos at 3-5. and five. Right now, the Chargers are officially in second at 3-4. and four. The Raiders are behind them at 3-4 and four and third officially, and the Broncos pulling up the rear. But things could change quick, fast, in a hurry. Would love to see the Raiders get this victory tonight over the Detroit Lions and square things up 4-4, four and four, as you mentioned, Sir Whiskey Ray. Thanks so much for that text. It's always great to hear from you, and that's going to do it for us. From the OYO, we're going to pass the sticks on to JT the Brick and EA at the Raiders headquarters. The official pregame show is on your radio next. Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.